Hey everybody and welcome to In The Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside, uh, it says here, Cody Rhodes' torn peck. Way to dig it in, my favorite wrestler at the moment. Ask me tomorrow, I'll probably have a different answer. Um, no, it's Ryan Frederick, as usual, just uh, digging it in as uh, anybody that uh, is a wrestling fan or you know, and saw the uh, gross picture. And if you didn't, just Google Cody Rhodes' torn peck and you'll see what we're talking about. But uh, Ryan, uh, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Just kind of just, just been, you know being lazy lazy today working on working on the observer watching some poker and just you know recuperating rehabbing my dog and my dog my poor dog tore his tore his acl so he's kind of having a little he's he's not showing any pain but he's he's having some you know having to medicate him and get get him all of his medicine and make sure that he's not is this, up and running around like he always wants to and he still wants to be be the dog is tough as hell so he's is his name cody no oh, okay because it sounds like you're talking about cody yeah. um so yeah uh yeah i don't know if anybody uh didn't uh couldn't tell last week i I don't think i said it on the show i I definitely think i said it on the dynamite show but i had covid caught it in in vegas double or nothing so uh i and probably monday when we oh no because we recorded tuesday yeah monday was probably the worst of it i was starting to feel better by tuesday um and uh i'm I'm pretty much 100 percent now and testing negative and back at work and everything so it's all good it was a very minor cold i mean i've had a lot worse colds in my life so um the only thing was the my voice it took uh, maybe like four or five days to get back which was unusual you know i don't usually have that from a cold but um so yeah we had uh we had a ufc show this past weekend we got a pay-per-view coming up this coming weekend real big show two title fights uh rematch of uh match of the year from two years ago um and we'll talk about all that but before we do uh we got to talk about and we were kind of struggling a bit here there's not a ton to go on here but uh, i think we decided you know what uh some people have mentioned this i think there was even a post in the fight game media facebook group about it so let's talk about one championship we haven't talked about them in a while and uh, they announced that they are going to have an event on amazon prime august 26th so about two and a half months away um and it'll be in the united states and it's friday night and uh there it's going to be on amazon prime so ryan um i guess two questions and i don't know if you know the answer to either one um well i guess maybe the first one you would know it uh unlike most of their shows because this is in the united states i assume this will be live on amazon prime yeah it's supposed to be be live and in prime time uh you know, it's in okay. uh, it's in Singapore, same place that uh, UFC is this weekend. So I guess, oh. I guess if they're running live, they'll probably be running at a similar time, which would mean mean fights early, early in the morning over there, over there. So that's hmm. just this is what I'm seeing. That's okay. So I okay, yeah, I'm reading that now and I see that. So that is um, that's interesting. So the the one thing that I'll say about one, and I've watched a few of their shows in the past, I haven't in a few years, but they generally have like a pretty full and rowdy crowd. Now, whether or not people are actually paying to go to those shows is, I mean, I think we can pretty much say for the most part, they're not, um, they're kind of giving away tickets, but they get, you know, like 
it feels like it looks like about 10,000 people to some of these shows. So, I mean, to get them on prime time in the United States in front of a big crowd like that would, would actually look pretty good. I think if anybody actually watches it now that now the other key is, will anybody actually watch? And I think we both know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that maybe, Maybe 20,000 people might watch if they're lucky. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Friday night Friday night has long been proven to be a bad night for MMA. Uh, it's it's still two months. It's still two months away. You know, it's still over over two and a half months yeah. away. So, so who knows what it'll be like for promotion. But Amazon Prime has a lot of stuff on there. On there, and uh, yeah, uh, it's also coming at a time when college football's about to kick back into action on Friday nights. Friday nights always right. has a pretty high-profile college college. I think football that's game. opening weekend. Yeah, it's it's, opening weekend. yeah, I think it's opening weekend for college football. Football they usually start, and and we'll have NFL exhibition games as well. Yeah, that'll you know, I mean, they don't do huge numbers, but yeah. you know, they'll but, do you know a yeah. million, two million viewers, depending on who it is. Well, the main thing is, like, I don't know how much attention it's going to get because it's one championship. No. I mean, I mean, the, they'll claim that they're they're reaching they reach in ten billion people, but we know the truth about you know all their all their numbers and statistics that they throw out. You, they're all bullshit. Don't ever pay any attention to yeah. attention to them. And and the fact of the matter is, they also just they're not the UFC. People, I mean, I say this all the time. People don't care about MMA as a whole. They care about UFC. And, you know, some people will, you know, a very small minor fraction will watch everything. Everything. I probably won't even watch it the way, you know, it'll probably be Friday night at 9 or 10 o'clock. So, so that's usually a bad time for me. So I probably won't even watch it live. Even though the main event's interesting, it's Adriano Marais against Demetrius Johnson. But that's, oh, okay. that's, Okay. It's not a fight that's going to draw draw a whole lot of people. And then you know we just got to see. Do we what- have. Uh, I haven't seen the card. Do you know if um, either of the Lee siblings are on the show? They've only announced Michelle is back. They've here. only they've only announced the one fight. So. Okay. Okay. I think they got to get Christian Lee and or um, his his sister on the show. Um, because Angela. Angela Lee, because, uh, yeah, cause they're, um, I mean, they're charismatic as hell and they speak English really well. And, um, I think they'd be, you know, could be the face of the company in North America if, you know, as, as much as that's going to be for a minor league company, but, um, I'm interested. I, again, you know, it'll be, you know, there's a lot of keys. I do have Amazon prime, so I can watch it. Unlike, you know, some, some companies, um, and we'll just see if, you know, if it's a priority for me. Um, yeah, like you said, there's a lot going on, on, uh, you know, late August, you know, it's also summertime, you know, people don't really want to be sitting at home watching, uh, you know, they'd rather be out barbecuing as, uh, as we talked about this week, um, getting our playlist ready for the cookouts and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, interesting that, I mean, but that, I mean, that tells you, you know, there wasn't a huge, a ton of interesting outside of the cage stuff on, um, on uh, going on this week. Um, we did, uh, you did mention last week Bo Nickel um, in the um, fighting for Icon, and he got a 33 second knockout. So um, they, I mean, that's uh, couldn't have done any better, obviously. Uh, and three time NCAA division champion. Uh, what weight class is he? Uh, I think he was fighting at 185. 
Can't quite okay. remember it's a middleweight. off the top of my head. Yeah. But wow, 33 seconds. Yeah. And you said the race to sign him would be interesting. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, being that he's on fight pass, UFC would seem to have the inner track, but Bellator has been known to sign people at this stage of their career and, you know, put them, you know, in, you know, fights, you know, on TV, like real quick. Whereas UFC would probably wait until he's got five, six fights under his belt, I would think. Yeah, he Although, fought, you know, he fought have, 185, yeah. Yeah, I think his manager... 185, okay. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. If his manager is Malky, which I think it might be, Malky Kawa, yeah. he, he, he's going to UFC. UFC, they'll get him like three or four fights. Fights probably with Jorge's, Jorge's promotion. Yeah. And then put him on a contender series, especially if he goes 3-0, 4-0. Put him on a contender series, maybe. And they, they'll they'll sign guys to, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, developmental deals, right? Yeah. Like, they did that with Greg Hardy. They've done it with a few others. I remember a Russian Olympian that they did it with. I can't remember who it was. But I remember that being a kind of a big deal when it happened. I don't know whatever happened to the guy, but probably one of these guys we see every week now, for all I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, um, yeah his, man, his manager is Malky. Yeah, yeah. The, okay. He'll, he'll end up so he'll, UFC. he'll end up UFC. Did you did you see the fight? Uh, yeah, I saw I saw it. It was just a it was a destruction, just absolute destruction. Is he? Uh, does he have some charisma at all? Or oh yeah, what you saw or you didn't oh, really get oh, a sense. Oh, he yeah, does. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I've seen him. I've seen him since back in the college days. Uh, yeah. If you if his full personality comes out, he could be a really big heel put it that way oh awesome he can get people awesome he can get people against him awesome yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll definitely keep it because i completely forgot him he, he can he can do that whole pretty boy i'm better i'm a better the best wrestler in the world kind of kind of thing and nobody can beat beat me with my wrestling kind of thing he could be he could be a you know he could come kind of like uh luke rockhold ish yeah yeah Maybe yeah. yeah. Maybe like that. okay, cool. Maybe maybe I'll hate him, uh, but I'll keep an eye on him, anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, we had that, and then we also had the UFC this past weekend. Uh, well, and uh, did, you watch was, Ultimate, did you watch Ultimate Fighter? I did not. I watched the week before. I did not watch last week because I wasn't home and I forgot to set my PVR. Yeah. So well, what what happened with that one? Uh, with, uh, Bobby Maximus. This is the Bobby Maximus fight. He got a he got finished by Eduardo Perez in the first round. Ah. Kind of just a dominant performance from Perez. Perez. I mean, Perez was two sixty six, and Max. You know, yeah. on the way in, it's probably he was the number one pick too. Yeah, right? probably way. Yeah, probably way more inside the cage. And Max was forty three years old and two thirty seven. It's just you know he got in. You know, Perez was on top and finished finished him. You know, with with elbows, so uh, elbows and punches, just absolute mauling. So. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, yeah, and I mean, Perez is a real dude. Um, he's four and one, fought in combate, uh, you know, a couple times, and uh, he's got three knockouts on his record already. So, uh, yeah, he'll be probably, I guess it'll be him and Usman probably, and we'll be looking for the finals. Yeah. And uh, another uh, thing. Although, I guess they got one more fight to get there. Yeah, another thing, Chandler Cole was a. Uh, had an elbow injury. He tore his, he tore his UCL, but. Uh, but they were. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's kind of a thing to look out for. Look out for coming up. Coming for this up. week. Yeah, 
come up. Uh, this upcoming week is going to be women fighting. Uh, okay. Let me find the matchup. Uh, it's Juliana Miller and Claire Guthrie. And if, okay. So. Claire Guthrie I've seen before. I haven't seen Miller. Um, I'll, I'll definitely watch that one. Like I said, I... Uh, we, I guess I could have watched it in the hotel room. I didn't even think of it. Um, the, uh, I normally just set my PVR and I, I just forgot to, cause I thought it was going to be home. And, uh, but yeah, I did, I did see the week before, uh, the one we talked about where, with the replacement fighters. And I thought, um, that, um, that one girl, the the one that lost Paprocki, it looked like they were trying to make her like another Roxanne modifier, but, uh, didn't quite work out because she's not very good um and uh she she was like crying at the end and stuff and it's i kind of felt bad for her but um the other one uh juliana's team uh you know she's she's not coming off as negatively as i kind of expected she would on this show so i don't know if maybe there'll be more to come but we'll see we'll see to handle it yeah we'll see the show's only halfway over Yeah, if her team starts losing, that's when I expect she'll get yeah she'll get to be me. a little. Nunez is up. Nunez is up three two so far, so maybe it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if the yeah, if it ever gets to you know, or where she has to have two of her fighters fight each other, she'll she'll get you know kind of upset about that. Um, so we also had the UFC on uh, ESPN Plus. They had an afternoon show. It was uh, it was a pretty easy show to watch. Um, a lot of finishes. Um, you know the the main event, which we kind of thought might be um, might you know could end up being a long plotting fight, ended up being a quick finish. And I kind of knew it was going to be a quick finish because I was watching uh, on delay. And when we got to the main event, I saw there was only like twelve minutes of time left on the show, so I kind of figured we were in for a quick one. And I was kind of expecting you know if it was going to be a quick finish that it would be Rosenstruck uh, winning, but no, Volkov. Uh, Volkov just destroyed him. Um, I Rosenstruck's pretty much done now. I mean, Volkov doesn't really finish anybody like that, and and he kind of really took apart Rosenstruck pretty easily. I think Rosenstruck got one or two shots in, but uh, Volkov was just he looked real good. Um, I don't know that Volkov's ever going to be, you know, a title contender. I mean, I guess he's kind of a contender now, but I don't know if he's ever going to fight for the title. If he does, he's probably going to need like five or six wins to do it. But, um, you know, he could, couldn't look better here. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I know a lot of people at first were complaining about the her her Dean stoppage, thinking it was a little early, early but oh. when you kind of you know, I looked the fit on you when I saw it like live. I go, like, well, Did he stop it early? Early, but then when you realize that the only reason Rosenstruck didn't stumble to the ground was because Herb was pulling Volkov off of him, off of him, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was kind of, yeah, it was justified. And Rosenstruck, I mean, he just he didn't do much, he landed like one or two hard shots on Volkov, but Volkov's very tough to finish. And man, Rosenstruck, if he can't knock you out quick, he kind of just kind of goes into like la la land kind of all, all all of a sort like he has no he, well, he has no idea what to do what to do and volkov volkov is he's a veteran he's been in this sport for uh, forever and he you know rosenstruck can be tagged uh, i mean we've seen that he can be yeah. ta- tagged and finished and volkov tagged him and finished him and impressive win for volkov it's kind of hard to figure out what to do with him because he loses to you know he's number seven in the division but he's lost to pretty much everybody ranked above him so it's kind of hard but he stays like on that fringe 
of being a title contender and especially as some other guys start losing, you know, you know, somebody's going to lose, lose between Aspinall and Blaze. Somebody's going to lose, lose between Tui Vasa and gone. Somebody's going to lose between Derek Lewis and Sergey Pavlovich. So, you know, as some of these guys lose, lose, it makes him look better getting back into the, into the picture. So, but he's got to, he's got to fight a top guy and win. That's the only way he's going to actually get yeah, the title. He's fight. probably going to have to. He's probably going to have to fight one of those guys again, and and get <laughs> yeah, the win back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in order to to move he's, up. He's fought a lot. I was thinking that kind of like a perfect fight would be if uh, uh, would be the winner against the of the Lewis Pavlovich fight, especially if Lewis wins because it's mm-hmm. been a few years since those two fought fight. So it's kind of like you know if you're going to do a rematch at heavyweight, you know now and and he and he sense. was. I mean he he beat Lewis for, you know, like the first, you know, 14 and a half minutes of that fight. Yeah. Until, until Derek you know, Lewis finished shot him. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think Volkov is like, he's kind of, kind of reminds me of um, not necessarily the fighting style, but just the, the position he's in kind of like um, Alistair Overeem was for years, Yeah, you know, where he was just kind of always there, but you know, he, like you said, he couldn't beat the guys ahead of him and he was beating a lot of guys below him. So killing a lot of contenders. It's a good thing he didn't beat Aspinall, um, you know, uh, and uh you know, so yeah, he'll be there, and and I guess yeah, if he can get one of these wins back, and then maybe get a few more wins in a row, you know, you can always put him in like a number one contenders match, and then you know anything can happen, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised um, with you know get the quick finish because I really didn't. I watched the show late, and I didn't. Re- I really didn't want to see twenty five minutes of this, um, so I was glad it was only like two minutes and twelve seconds. Um, the co-main uh, was. I thought it was a really good fight. Um, you know, Evloev, or I don't know, I can't remember. They, Ev- they said they his name a little bit. Evloev. Evloev or something. Evloev. Yeah, Evloev. Yeah, Evloev. Movsar Evloev. Um, he won him nasty decision over uh, Dan Ige. Um, I think there was a 30-26 in there. You honestly probably could have done 30-26 in a couple of these rounds. But, um, I, you know, and, and even a 30-25 wouldn't have been out of the question. I mean, Ige was not terribly competitive, uh, but he hung in there, um, took a beating. Uh, Evloev just kept taking him down at will. Uh, it took, you know, a few minutes in the first round before he was finally able to just kind of start taking him down. But once he did, I mean, it was, that's all he did. He just kabibed him to death and uh, looked, couldn't look better. Um, poor Ige, like he's, you know, he's like, you know, I guess he's going to fall out of the top 10 now. Uh, Evloev is, uh, they said he's going to be number 10 and he's looking to fight somebody ahead of him. And it's funny when they showed the rankings, the name that just popped out at me was Brendan Allen and that's who he called out. So Arnold Allen. I don't know if that's, or Arnold Allen. I'm sorry. What did I say? Brendan, Brendan. Allen. Oh yeah. Cause he's fighting this week. Yeah. I just did some research on him. Um, yeah. Uh, Arnold Allen and, uh, he claims that he's been calling Arnold Allen out for a while and Allen doesn't want to fight him. He called him out for the London show, which isn't going to happen. But uh, it was a good call out. I just don't know we're going to see the fight. Yeah, featherweight's still kind of a mess. Uh, good win for Evloyev. Still, 
still searching for his first UFC finish. Uh, Ige did tag him with some good shots, but he proved that he could <laughs> he could find he could withstand them. And then you know the third round, third round was just an absolute domination with five takedowns and all you know four and a half minutes of control time. So that was you know it was a big win for Evloyev. As far as what's next for him, uh, there. Featherweight, there's a lot of people with a lot of good records, and they seem to be trying to avoid each other. Each other. Ivloyev wants to fight Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen wants to fight the the Korean zombie. Korean zombie. Ilya Tavuria wants to fight Mavzar Ivloyev. Ivloyev doesn't want to fight him. Bryce Mitchell should probably fight Ivloyev, but he only wants to fight Volkanovsky or Holloway. Which <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like these guys just yeah these guys want to fight, but they don't want to fight the guys they probably need to be fighting fighting to get. To themselves a title shot they want to you know arnold allen arnold allen wants to you know he's on a what eight nine fight win streak and he wants to fight poor zombie who's not a contender and not you know yeah cool you're gonna fight the korean zombie that's a good name to have on your record but he's shot as a fighter it's not it's no longer yeah to me it's no longer an impressive win if you're beating korean zombie whereas if you're fighting mavzari vloyev and beating him that's an impressive win right now right now that's far more that's a far much bigger win than the Korean zombie win win is right now. So uh yeah, these guys need to start fighting each other. Each other. Ilya Tapir yeah, I mean, they, the one with the right right frame of mind of going after going after these guys. It's the only way. It's the only way. And I know uh Volkanovsky, you know, he's been talking about moving up to to try to become a two division champion if he beats Holloway. But even if he does beat Holloway, I mean he's got a just a whole list of people potential challengers there so he's far from cleaning out the division they showed a graphic uh, <laughs> with like the longest winning streaks in the featherweight division i think there was like five guys that had like eight fight win streaks or something like that it was just crazy um and yeah mitchell was one of them that uh, he, he was the other name that kind of sprung out at me that i didn't think had fought uh, you know that they he had fought it all, and poor Ige, like his fourth loss in five fights. But he's the one guy too that'll just fight anybody, and unfortunately, most of them he can't beat. So he's uh, you know he he's he's kind of gonna fall off the contender list at some cra- point. Yeah, the crazy thing, yeah, it's four four or five, but all four of those losses are to top ten guys, and none of them finished him. So yeah. he's you know yeah. His, yeah. I don't think his stock is hurt all that much on this. Well, no, it's just it's just such a tough division. I mean, it se- he seems like the kind of guy that is primed to like you know switch divisions at some point. But the problem is, is one forty five is perfect for him. I think he's too big for one thirty five, and he's gonna just get out out muscled at one fifty five. So he's kind of got to stay where he is. But usually, guys in that position, you know, like Frankie Edgar, when he hit that that level, you know, that's when he moved down. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the rest of the show was there. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot of, like I said, it was easy to watch a lot of, a lot of finishes, um, not a lot of big names. Um, we did have that featured prelim that we talked about last week. That was a pretty good fight. Um, Carolina Kovacavich and Fleece Herring, but the rest of it was, you know, and it kind of went according to how you would kind of expect it to go. It wasn't really a lot of big upsets or anything. Just, you know, people did what they were supposed to do. And, uh, we, we got some, uh, you know, not, not really any, um, 
controversial decisions or anything. We did have a majority decision in the Joe Selecki out civil fight. I guess that one, I, I think I had that a draw. Um, and one of the judges did as well. Um, although you could make a real strong case for like a 28, 27 in that fight, which I don't, I don't, I think one judge may have actually given it that score. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually point, maybe that is what I did score. Yeah. So, yeah, and then there was like a ten eight round in there as well. Um, if if you're scoring it properly, but the judges tend to not score it properly. So, uh, but um, why why don't you uh, give us your uh, three stars for the show? Okay, my uh, first one is going to be Oday Osborne knocked out Zruka Adashev uh, in sixty one seconds. Just absolutely, you know, perfect perfect night for Osborne. Uh, just, you know, cracked a, cracked a dash of with the overhand, right? A dash of went down and just kept landing until it was over quick finish, big win for Osborne. Uh, my second star is going to be Alonzo Minifield. Uh, lots of craziness with Askar Mazarov coming in this week. Let's just say on Monday, his record was his official record on share dog and topology. And all that was like 25 and eight. And by the time Saturday rolled around, it was 19 and 12. So lots of, <laughs> lots of shenanigans have gone on with him. And apparently him and his team have sent letters to share dog and topology, threatening them, you know, about his record. Cause they're finding lots of inconsistencies, you know, some fights said he, <laughs> Excuse me. Some fights that he, what that was reported as wins were actually losses. So, yeah. And but Minifield did the smart thing, took him down, pinned him on the mat, and beat him up. And then they got up, and then Minifield took him down again, and beat him up again. Got the crucifix, started landing a lot of punches and elbows until it was stopped in the first round. Mazarov called him like a pussy afterwards because he didn't want to stand and trade. Which, if you knew anything about Mazarov, even with his record, like you know he's a knockout guy, knockout guy. You don't want to necessarily stand and trade for him, trade with him. So Minifield did the smart thing because Mazarov has zero takedown defense. And yeah, I don't know if I'm UFC, I'm just washing my hands with Mazarov because they signed him like <laughs> a year and a half ago and he lost three fights because they couldn't get him a visa for whatever reason. So, <clears throat> excuse me, got a little bit of junk in my throat. And then uh, my third star, I'm going to go with somebody I'm hyping big time on this show, Aaron Blanchfield, opening fight uh, of the night. She, uh, JJ Aldrich gave her a tough first round. It was a very, you know, Aldrich arguably definitely won the first round, and Blanchfield was fighting through adversity, but she was able to, to, uh, I'm gonna, she's able to kept coming forward in the second round. Uh, uh, she landed, Blanchfield landed a knee to the body, and Aldrich fell down, and Blanchfield grabbed the neck, standing guillotine choke, and Aldrich tapped. It was a good win for Blanchfield. All right. Uh, one another thing I liked about that O'Day Osborne fight was his post fight promo. He cut a really good promo afterwards. Oh yeah, that had the that was great. trying to get the fans chant singing O'Day 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 O'Day. Kind of hard to do that, that when was, there's that like was, fifty people in there. I know. Yeah, and they were all. Uh, I think they were all there for uh, Ige. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was like there was one fighter they were all just going nuts for. Probably, probably um, so. Okay. Ige, Ige's a Vegas guy, so. Yeah. 
my uh, my three stars. First one is going to be Benoit Saint Denis. Um, he looked real good in finishing Nicholas Stoll's uh, second round submission, minute thirty two, rear naked choke. And again, you know, he had uh, he had a great promo afterwards. He, he he got tagged right at the beginning, and he was bleeding. And then at that point, he just uh, just took over with his wrestling and uh, Stoles had nothing for him. And uh, he cut a promo afterwards. He wanted on the London card, said he'll be ready in six weeks. He, he'd he love to fight in France, but he's getting married a week before and doesn't want to get, doesn't want to fight right around that time. So um, I, uh, I, I thought that was nice that he at least mentioned that. Cause obviously like that would be what everybody would be thinking. Cause he's a guy from France, but unfortunately it's just not going to work out for him to fight on that card. Probably. Um, Carolina Kavalkiewicz, my second star, um, she real good fight with Felice Herring. It was kind of back and forth. And then Carolina Kovalkiewicz kind of took over in the second round and she was just kind of muscling Felice Herring around and throwing her around and another, uh, rear naked choke submission win her first ever stoppage win in UFC, you know, long, long UFC career. And this, uh, ended like a five fight losing streak and Felice Herring, um, hung up the gloves after, uh, I guess she's retiring, uh, too bad for her, but, uh, you know, nice big win for Carolina, one of the most likable people in, in UFC. So good for her. And, uh, another, uh, submission win, uh, for my third Karine, I think that's how it's pronounced Silva over Pollyanna Batella. Uh, she got a Darce choke win with five seconds left in the first round. Uh, she moves up to 15 and four, I think was that, that was her UFC debut, but she had a submission on the Contender Series as well. So uh, she's looked real good, and uh, she's somebody I think you got to keep an eye on at flyweight. And there was a lot of people we could have um, we could have gone with here. And uh, actually, one of the the fight of the night we didn't even mention was uh, Trezano and Almeida. Now that, that was a that was a banger, and uh, they got 50k. But uh, why don't you take us through the rest of the card? All right. Uh, started off with uh, Aaron Blanchfield, second round submission, guillotine, standing guillotine choke, finish of J.J. Aldrich. Uh, next fight was a welterweight fight, Renat Fakhretinov. Uh, he uh, won a unanimous decision over Andreas Mikolaitis, 30-26, uh, Fakhretinov uh, just dominated with the wrestling. Mikolaitis in the first round probably grabbed the fence about 10 or 12 times and probably oh got God. about five or six warnings, but never had a point taken away. I mean, what's the point of constantly, re- you know, repeatedly warning a guy if you're not going to take away, take away a point? It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. They did. They did take away a point later in the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll get, on, I'll get on to a similar thing. Yeah. I'll yeah. get to that in, yeah. in a moment. Uh, but Fakhretinov, uh, 21 and two now. He's got like 18 straight wins, something like that. Something like that. It was his UFC debut, so he's a he's a guy to keep a lookout for. Uh, next, we had a flyweight fight, split decision. Uh, Jeff Molina won over Zagas Zumagulov. Uh, scorecards: 29-28 uh, oh, <laughs> for Zumagulov, and then Molina had a 29-28 and a 30-27. Uh, the 30-27 scorecard is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, on this one, 92% of the media gave had the fight score for Zuma Gulov, which normally would be robbery, but I don't think I don't think this was a robbery. It was, no. It's a close fight that could have gone either either way. I personally had it for Zuma Gulov. I thought he won the fight. Uh round one 
you know, I rewatched rewatched around the, this fight just as I was doing doing my uh, observer recap just to try to figure out you know how the thirty twenty seven came up how that was even possible. Uh, first round was eh, it was kind of close, but it was very kind of more clear Zuma Gulas round. The second round was really close because because Molina was defending takedown attempts with a lot of short punches, punches. And if you look at the you know stats aren't everything, but if you look at the total strikes, it was like sixty to twenty for Molina. He was doing a lot of offense, offense to keep the fight on the feet. And the third round was definitely a Molina round. So so, but it really came down to how that second round was scored. I thought Zuma Gulov won, but you know not a robbery. But that thirty twenty seven scorecard was bad. So uh, when when they uh, when they read the scores and they he did thirty twenty seven and he just said thirty twenty seven and Molina just threw his hand down and walked yeah. off like I can't believe I lost and, and yeah, then they he, said his name he, and he's like really wow <laughs> even Molina thought that the, the, that that was bullshit so so but uh, yeah that was hilarious like I don't think I've ever seen that yeah that so, was awesome so uh, then we had bantamweight fight Tony Gravely knocked out Johnny Munoz in a minute eight seconds. Uh, he just landed a big uppercut as Munoz was shooting for a takedown, and Munoz went out, out cold, and just a very brutal finish. Brutal finish. Then we had the lightweight fight, uh, Benoit Saint Denis, uh, second round submission over Nicholas Stolze. Uh, yeah, just his Saint Denis was able to use his wrestling and got Stolze down a few times, and then they almost finished him with the rear naked choke at the end of the first. But then got the rear naked choke in the second and finished it because there was plenty of time left. It was like a minute 32 into the second round for yeah. the finish. Then you had featherweight fight. Damon Jackson, unanimous decision over Daniel Ar- Argueta, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I had a 30-27 Jackson. Uh, you know, the only really close round, in my opinion, was the third. Uh, but Jackson, it was just his... His wrestling and his his a uh, top control. Just he had the back for a whole lot, whole lot of time in the first to second, and that was really the difference. Then he had lightweight fight. Joe Selecki, uh, majority decision over Alex De Silva. 28-28, There was a point deduction in the second round on De Silva. He got warned numerous times for putting his hands in the glove of Selecki and also for his toes being wrapped around the cage cage and it was just going on for too long so he had a point taken away and the second round was a completely dominant <laughs> round from Selecki uh, he just had the back on the ground the entire time and and you could argue that it was a 10-8 round and one of the judges gave a 10-8 and then when you take away the point then, there, then that makes it 10-7 10-7 so that's how the 28-27 scorecard came because that judge gave the uh, Silva, the the first and the third, actually. So, you know, it was kind of a back and forth fight. I thought I thought so. I had a twenty nine twenty seven Selecki. I thought he won the first round. The Silva dropped him right away, but then Selecki, you know, almost finished him with a guillotine choke. And I thought Selecki had a had a good comeback to win the first, but the Silva definitely won the third. Close fight, good fight. Then you had the women's strawweight fight. Carolina Kovalkiewicz uh, submitted Felice Herrig to you know in the second round to end her five fight losing skid and also send Fleece Herrig into retirement. Kind of not a surprise there. Herrig was talking about during the week about how she lost. It was probably the end for her. And yeah, but uh, Kovacavich, it was her best performance in, in forever, in years. So uh, 
you know, really nice to see her get back on track. That closed out the prelims. Then on main card, you had Alonzo uh, Minifield finishing Askar Mozarov, four minutes and 40 seconds, TKO from the top with punches and elbows. Just dominant showing from Minifield. Kind of funny. But if you watch, he was pissed off about something. And I think it was a lot of stuff that Ma- it was more so Mozarov just constantly running his mouth. Mouth and, you know, like I said, what surprised me is they just cut bait with Mazarov. Uh, then you had flyweight fight, Ode Osborne knocking out Zaruka Adeshev in a minute one. I talked about that. Uh, then you had Kareem Silva, uh, Darce Choke submission in the first round of Apollyon and Patello. That was a good little back and forth fight for a little bit there, but but Silva was able to find the Darce Choke on the ground and you know, got Patello to tap. Uh, then you had featherweight fight, Lucas Almeida finished Michael Trezano, uh 55 seconds in the third round. Best fight on the card. Really good fight. Uh, just back and forth. They're ta- excuse me. They tagged each other. Each other. It was one round apiece going into the th- going into third. So the third was going to decide it. But Almeida dropped Trezano early with the left hand and got on top and was laying in big strikes until it was stopped. Then you had Mazar Voliev, unanimous decision over Danny Gay that we talked about. And then the main event, uh, Volkov finishing Rosenstruck in two minutes and 12 seconds. Yeah. the um, I just wanted to say one thing about that Selecki Alex De Silva fight. I thought, uh, I think the ref was Chris Tione. He did a really good job, you know, just kept warning De Silva. And then, like, Selecki had dominant position. So he actually deducted the point without taking away the position, which I, I don't recall ever seeing that before. And uh, I thought that was absolutely the right call because, you, you know, if you took away, if you took away the position, that could completely change that round because the Silva, you know, arguably won the other two rounds. So, you know, and, and certainly won third. Um, it's funny, but at the end, he was like acting like he won. And I don't think he understood that there's like zero possibility he could have won this fight um, based on the second round. Like the best he could hope for was a draw um, because he, you know, he clearly lost that round and had the point deduction. So at the best, it was going to be a 10-8, which means he he, lost, he drew, assuming he didn't lose the other one of the other two rounds, which he did. So um, I don't know if that was just him not understanding. And again, you know, we can go back to open scoring you know then he would know that he needed to finish and maybe he would have uh been a little more aggressive in the uh in the third round but it is what it is we're not getting open scoring um and uh my uh my roi picks from last week they went two and one actually a small loss just because of uh the the odds but it it was pretty good um if uh trezano had won then it would have been a huge profit and went into the third round where he was winning so or where he had a chance of winning so i felt pretty good about that um and uh then we got uh, this this upcoming week we have ufc 275 from singapore um and uh, we've also actually got uh, some um what, what do they call it road to ufc events that are happening in singapore leading up to the show just kind of a mini um almost like an ultimate fighter type tournament they did this in japan one uh once or maybe even twice um and uh they'll they'll be awarding a couple contracts on that if you want to check those out they'll be airing like super early in the morning actually late at night even yeah Uh, wednesday and thursday they won't be awarding any contracts this week this is the oh okay this is the first uh they're doing tournaments uh for those who don't know they're doing tournaments uh in flyweight bantamweight 
featherweight and lightweight featuring you know asian based fighters fighters from you know okay you know china india indonesia japan korea philippines thailand excuse me real quick <laughs> and uh there's the, between those 16 fights there's gonna be four four shows so that's 20 fights total then they they have those 16 fights and then a few a few other fights that aren't are non-tournament and this is the first round and then they'll will be going on going on later in the year to have the have the semifinals and the finals oh okay okay so they and they won't necessarily be in conjunction with ufc events then obviously because yeah. i don't think they're going back later yeah. this year no, they said yeah as far as we know location and venue to be announced i'm sure i'm sure they might okay. put who knows they could do a couple of the like two of the finals on like abu dhabi on, like, maybe yeah abu dhabi or like on a prelim bring them in bring them to the states or who knows what they have planned later later in the year you know, as far as where shows are going, so so I could see the right. I could see the finals actually being on UFC shows like they did did the first time with the uh, road to road to UFC Japan. So yeah. Um and and then of course uh, that'll all lead up to uh, the uh, Singapore show. And <laughs> the funny thing is, when I was looking at this card. I was, uh, you know, I kind of play that game about, oh, where, you know, like, oh, these shows are, oh, if this was the not the pandemic era anymore, this would be a show that would be in this part of the world or whatever. And I'm looking at this card and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of Australian fighters. There's a lot of Southeast Asia fighters. So I'm thinking, oh, this will take place somewhere in Southeast Asia or, or Australia. And then it dawned on me, this is taking place in Southeast Asia. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't even didn't even occur to me as I was looking at all these fights that that this this show is actually happening in Singapore. I don't know why, it just kind of snuck yeah, up like, on me. Yeah, but... I was like, yeah, you knew you knew this months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I just didn't didn't place together that it was happening this time. But yeah, we got two title fights: uh, UFC light heavyweight championship Glover Teixeira defending against Yuri Pachaska. He's a guy that you have been hyping since before he even started in UFC and calling a future champion. So this is, uh, I think, most people uh, thinking that he's probably going to win the belt here. But Teixeira looked real good in winning the title. Um, Prashanka is, uh, you know, a pretty good favorite, minus 200. Um, but, you know, Teixeira can finish anybody on the ground. So if he gets him to the ground, uh, you know, it could be tough for, for Yuri. Um, and then we've got the uh, flyweight title. Uh, Talia Santos is the next victim for Valentina Shevchenko. I don't even care what the odds are. It doesn't matter. Um, she is, Shevchenko's going to retain. There's almost no chance that Talia Santos is going to win. But the uh, to me, the second biggest fight on the card is the um, strawweight fight. Weili Zhang and Joanna Yanjechuk rematch of their... Uh, their huge fight from uh, two years ago, just before the pandemic, that was either the first or second best fight of the year, depending on your whether or not you, you're squeamish at people growing second foreheads. Um, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. And the the undercard is, you know, it's not, you know, it's not super great, but it's it's not bad. Uh, you know, fair, few few names on there, not a lot of uh, Southeast Asian fighters, obviously, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, what what do you think? Well, you kind of know how I feel about the main event. Um, I love the story of Glover Teixeira, 42 years old, winning the title at 42 years old. Just the incredible comeback. I, I said it. I said it when him, you know, when he won the title. If you're looking at at 
you know, fighters that you could make a movie out of, out of Glover Teixeira is one of those at the top of the list list. But, uh, you know, I've been hyping Yuri Prochaska for two years on this show, on this show. And yeah, he's only two, he's only had two UFC fights to share his head tons to share has that veteran experience but prochaska his just his striking is unreal and we don't know that we don't know that to share can uh, take any more on the feet you have to share trains with alex Pereira, who's going to give him all sorts of looks on the feet about you know about craziness but you know is glover ready to eat a spinning elbow that's going to come out of nowhere come out of nowhere last time i mean also it's been a year since we've seen prochaska you know been 13 months but he left a statement in his last one that that knockout of dominic reyes is, is just still fresh in the mind you know the spinning elbow just ridiculous i think prochaska is going to win the title uh if he were to lose i won't say I, i'm hugely surprised surprised because i mean to share is tough mm. and he's got the veteran experience and the big stage this is the first time on the real big stage for prochaska but uh he's just so talented that i think he's gonna get get the job done and we're gonna be saying and new at the end of the night yeah, I I totally agree. Um and and I think the odds are good enough that I'll even put some money on it. Um I haven't uh I mentioned you off air. I haven't said it on the show yet. I didn't finish my ROI stuff. Uh, I'll probably still try to do a YouTube show later this week where I'll go over everything, but just looking at the um the numbers, I think Prashaka is pretty good value at uh at minus 200. Yeah. Um yeah. You know. Now, uh, as far as the co-main event, uh I, th- I do think this is actually Shevchenko's toughest fight in quite some time. Quite some time. I'm not not to say that I think Santos is going to win, but Santos is 19 and one. So I mean, she's a legit contender, and uh, I think she's going to give Shevchenko a tough fight. But Valentina, until somebody beats her at flyweight, I, you know, it's tough to pick against her. Against her, and I think it's going to be another win for her. And then on the uh, Wei Li and Joanna fight. Yeah, it's going to be hard to match the magic of that first fight, but I really think this is a far more pivotal fight for Joanna. I think she gets a title shot if she wins, and uh, you know I can't say the same thing about Wei Li. She might, she might not, but Joanna, like if she wins, avenges the loss. Loss, uh, you know, she's coming in. She seems like she's in good spirits now. She hasn't fought since that first fight, fight, but she's got a new contract. She's not worried about money, money, and she seems focused. And if she wins this, I mean, I mean, she's this is her path to getting that title mm-hmm. back is winning this fight. Yeah, yeah, and especially with um, you know Carla Sparza being the champion and her holding that dominant win over Esparza, uh, you know, it was years ago now, but um, she'd certainly like with a win here, uh, probably be the first person you would, you would want to put against Esparza, I would think. Um, the, um, the, going back to Santos for a second. Um, I don't know, like I, you know, the reason I'm saying like, I don't see any chance. I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, the people she's beat. Yeah. She submitted Joanne Wood, but she, the three fights before that all went to a decision against Roxanne Modafari, Jillian Robertson and Molly meatball. Like these aren't exactly world beaters and she's going the distance with them. Now, 
Valentina sometimes plays down to her opponents. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if she decides she wants to do a 25 minute sparring match, I suppose it could go the distance. And we've seen that before against Jennifer Maya, Liz Carmouche, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching this fight. Like in terms of betting, like I just, I don't see any value on either side. Actually, Shevchenko is only a minus 630 favorite. So you may even want to throw some, put her on a parlay or something. If, you know, if you're pretty confident she's going to win. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, um, but the Wei Li Zhang, you know, Yuan and Jinjaychuk fight, I just, uh, I'm just going to watch that and enjoy it. A um, little bit of value in Joanna, I think, um, as, as an, I think she's the underdog. Uh, yeah, she is the underdog, and and she has won some fights as an underdog in the past. So, but uh, and then I I noticed too, you've got uh, one of the guys you've been super high on. He's got a real big fight at flyweight. Uh, Manel Cop, uh, is it Cop? Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Is that how they're pronouncing it this week? Okay, against Rogerio Bontorin, uh, big flyweight fight. You know, a couple guys are hovering around uh, number ten, and whoever wins is going to uh, going to move up. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's one of my three, three fights to watch outside of the. Okay, yeah. Three well, fights. let's do let's do your three let's do your three fights then. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that'll be one. <laughs> that was one. That was one of them. Manel Cop against Rosario Bontorin. Uh, Cop, he's uh, fighting on the show. He's supposed to fight in Vegas a couple months ago, but there might have been some picogram type issues with him. With him, the fact there was there was you know I don't know exactly. I I'm not. I haven't read the whole story, but I know there was a drug test issue issue with him. But but he's cleared by USADA. So and Bontarin has is like winless in his last four. So it's a big fight for Bontarin and Cop. I think you know I think he's he could be a future flyweight champion, but he needs to start racking up racking up wins. He's only. I think he's only two and two in the UFC, but he could easily be four and zero. Four and zero. Those first two, those first two losses were very close. But uh, yeah, he beat Osborne and Suma Gulov. So yeah, big fight for him. Uh, my second fight to watch is uh, the uh, ESPN two prelim opener welterweight fight: Andre Fialo against Jake Matthews. Fialo, I, you know, he's already going to be fighting. I think for the fourth time this year. This year already, so third or fourth time, you know, a guy who wants to fight often, often he fought just, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it'll already be his fourth fight this year. He fought in April, wanted a quick turnaround, fought in, fought in May, then wanted a quick turnaround again. So he's fighting for the third straight month. We'll see how that happens. You know, I tell, I've often said that if you fight too much, you're not giving your body enough enough time to recover recover and you're not going to be 100 percent. and uh jake matthews he's still he's still a young kid we've seen he's still 27 he made his ufc debut when he was like 19 or 20 20 he's been around forever but we've seen seen you know his entire career basically he hasn't fought for hasn't fought in a year year is coming off a loss to sean brady but prior to that he had won six six to seven and this is a chance for him to get back and in the win column and it's a tough fight for fialo and it's a tough fight for matthews so could kind of go either way and my third fight i'm gonna go with the 
prelim headliner middleweight fight Brendan Allen against Jacob Malkoon. I kind of uh, Jacob Malkoon stayed on the card despite Robert Whitaker falling off. Falling off. Uh, this really feels like a mismatch to me because I think Allen is super talented, and he's six and two in the UFC. Malkoon's only six and one in his entire career, so it just you know kind of feels like a mismatch, and it's a good fight for Allen to showcase that he is ready to fight some ranked competition at middleweight. All right, and like I mentioned for my uh, my ROI stuff, um, I I got through the first eight fights, and uh, I didn't get to the last four because uh, I always start at the bottom. And and going through like there's a lot of fights here that I wouldn't touch just because there's like no value on either side. But the three that I I feel confident in saying, and and this a couple of these I haven't actually ran the numbers, but just looking at the records. But one of them I did run the numbers on, and it's actually the one you just talked about Brendan Allen Jacob Malkoon and I think there's value in Malkoon um, just because you know I, I we've seen Brendan Allen lose some fights he was favored in um, and uh, you know to um, Chris Curtis uh, he was a big favorite against Chris Curtis and he lost he was kind of even money against Sean Strickland and lost there and and yeah and and even some of his earlier fights like when he's a big big favorite he wins but when he's kind of a medium level favorite which is kind of what he is here he uh he tends to he has lost although he is seven and two as a favorite he has lost a couple times as a favorite so i would uh i, I would throw some money on malcoon because i think you're getting good odds there another one is rogerio bonterran against manel cape cop and again same thing you know he's a minor underdog here uh plus 190 now now, the one thing again, and I haven't run the numbers on this one, but and one thing I noticed is that Manel Cop has never lost a fight where he is as big a favorite as he is here, and Bonterran has never won a fight where he's been an underdog as big as he is here. So again, like I'm I'm just kind of preliminary looking at that as the fact that, you know, like Bonterran's won a few fights as an underdog, but he's never won a fight where he was this big of an underdog. So just a little wary on that. And then the third one is gonna be Yuri Pachaska, who uh, I, I can just look at his record and I can tell that he has, uh, you know, he has some wins as he has a win over as an underdog against Volkan Ozdemir. He's got a win as a favorite. Well, he's kind of even money actually against Dominic Reyes. So as the uh, as a as a minus 200, I think there is definitely some value there uh, against Glover Teixeira. And and Teixeira has also lost, you know, not recently, but he has lost some fights where he's been a favorite as well. So and and, and an underdog. So, I yeah, Prochaska. Uh, Bonterran and Jacob Malkoon are my three ROI picks. And I think you'll win money if even one of Malkoon and, and Bonterran wins. You'll be profitable regardless of what Prochaska does. So that are that is my picks uh, for, for some ROI investment. And why don't you take us through the rest of the card? Yeah. Damn it. I'll just exit it out of it for some reason okay i got it back oh uh, <laughs> all right i don't know why i did that uh the sh- uh, show starts uh even though it's in singapore it's a it's a standard pay-per-view start time uh 6 30 eastern time 5 30 central time time in the best time zone and then 3 30 on the west coast uh first three <laughs> fights are on espn plus of course everything's on espn plus with the pay-per-view main card but uh first three fights uh starts off with a women's featherweight fight uh it says featherweight fight on here it's a bantamweight fight it's ramona pasquale against jocelyn edwards both of them are coming off losses so it's a must-win fight uh then we got 
women's strawweight fight, Leong Na against Silvana Gomez Juarez. Winner of this fight will will be made, will be winning in the UFC for the first time. First time, you know, not as much to those two fights. Then we have a bantamweight fight, Kyung Ho Kang. He's been around for quite some time. He's fighting Dana Batjure. That's I think that's how they, if I remember correctly, he uh, he just fought in March, so he's making a quick turnaround. Took this fight on short notice. Uh, next four fights will be on ESPN two, as well as ESPN plus. Uh, welterweight fight: Andre Fialo against Jake Matthews. Then you have a featherweight fight: uh, Mahashate is making his UFC debut debut against Steve Garcia. Then you have another weight fight, uh, Seung Woo Choi against Josh Kulibau. Then you have the middleweight fight, Brandon Allen against Jacob Malkoon. <clears throat> then the main card, yeah, kicks off welterweight fight, Jack Della Maddalena, you know, guy who has a lot of a lot of hype and is a very exciting fighter against Ramazan Amiv. Uh, then you have the flyweight fight, Rogeri Bontarin against Manel Kopp. Then you got your top three fights, uh, Whaley against Joanna, then Shevchenko and Santos for the women's flyweight title, and Glover and Yuri for the light heavyweight title. What does your gut say this show does? Like two fifty? Yeah, two hundred, two fifty, somewhere around there. I think, I think, uh, I think Whaley and Joanna will be the big key. You know how how people. That's what I think too. Yeah. To share is like you know I mean he's been around for a while but he's not like a huge draw. Valentina we know isn't a draw but yeah the way I think the hype around Whaley Joanna is going to be what what kind of drives this and then hopefully hopefully one of these other guys on the main card uh, you know Manel Cop or Jack Delma. Della Madalena, I'm looking at you too, uh, has an impressive performance and, uh, you know, becomes a star out of it because we'll get, to get a few eyeballs on this one. And of course, this is the show that was supposed to have uh, Whitaker and Vittori originally, right? But got, right, yeah. got pulled off and and Blood Diamond as well was supposed to fight on this show. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is Saturday night, UFC 275. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be watching. And, uh, actually it's so funny. I, this always seems to happen to me, but on pay-per-view weeks, I end up getting tapped to, uh, to guest host on the wrap. So I'm going to be, uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch the show as I'm doing that, or if I'll just watch on delay, but if I'm uh, not tweeting about the show, that's why, cause I'm recording the podcast for the, on another show on this network, the wrap with Keila Cash and Scott young so um yeah so we've got uh um some news and uh just looking at at the news here um volkanovsky would be the uh the first one we we and you kind of touched on this earlier in the show that uh he's talking about perhaps moving up to lightweight if he gets past max holloway in july yeah, I mean he's he's talked about it. Talked about it. I mean the big thing that champions want to do do these days is go for go for two go to become a two division champion. Connor started the trend and then Cormier and Cejudo kept it going. Kept it going. He's talked about it, but uh but yeah, if he beats Holloway, he's got plenty of contenders. And then you still have the when it comes to one forty five, you still have the Henry Cejudo thing possibly dangling there dangling there there's plenty of stuff for Volkanovski at 145 we talked you know we talked about earlier about all the all the challengers waiting the wings Arnold Allen Mavzari Vloyev Bryce Mitchell Ilya Tapiria then you have whoever wins between Yair and Brian Ortega and whoever wins between Calvin oh, Cater yeah. and Josh Emmett I mean there's a ton of guys oh, there God. 
there's like, I mean, you know, it's one thing if you've cleaned out the division, but yeah, I mean, he's got like three years of fights. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's strong, but, but if you look at at his, at at him as champion, I mean, he's, he's only had three title defenses. I mean, that's not, that's not, you know, you know, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. I mean, it's, it's. It's more than some people who have gone for double championships lately have been, but I fairly feel like they need to kind of slow that shit down, shit down, you know, because yeah. there's just too much going on, too much going on. And then you look at his title fences, it's been Holloway, Holloway, Ortega, Zombie, now Holloway again, Holloway again. It's, you know, let's see him fight some fresh blood before we start figuring out 155. Yeah, yeah, winning two, winning two championships you know, at the same time is, you know, an automatic spot in the UFC hall of fame, but let's, you know, there's, there's plenty to do. Um, and, uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet is Ryan Hall. One of my favorites, the wizard. Um, he is, uh, t- got a torn ACL during training and he's a guy that doesn't fight too much anyways. And he was supposed to be fighting in a couple months. And now, I mean, that's usually at least a year, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was a uh, I don't know who he was fighting, but he was going to be on the August 13th 13th car card he had a, had a fight lined up and just as he was starting his training camp, he tore his ACL. So, yeah, that's about a year, so it'll probably be summertime next year before he's back, you know. And like we said, like you said, he's a guy who doesn't fight all that much to begin with because he even though Tapiria finished him, he's still a guy that nobody wants to fight because of his style. So, so yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, and we've got uh, a big Canada Day fight happening uh, July 1st, uh, just uh, four weeks from now. Um, I guess, or three, so three weeks. Yeah, three weeks from this week. Um, Julia Budd, Canada's own, taking on Kayla Harrison in the main event of PFL 6. Um, it's uh, You've got in your column here that it felt like the hopes were these two could meet in the finals. It could still happen the way their point system works because... I think did didn't Bud get a finish? No, in her first fight. No, Bud no? lost her okay. first fight to Jenna Fabian. Oh, but was given three points oh, okay. because Jenna Fabian missed weight. So oh. she okay. has the same amount of points as Kayla Harrison, who won her first fight. Okay, it's so they can't. They can't. Their system is so stupid. Well, oh, it's. I mean, I still go back to. I'm. I'm and again, I, I, I don't care enough to go back and read. I'm almost positive the guy that lost, that won the tournament at welterweight last year was actually eliminated in the first round and so. somehow came back and won the whole tournament. Yeah. Uh, Ray Cooper, the third. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to me like he, he it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I get the whole idea of wanting to, to like, if it's two fighters and one of them misses weight, weight, given the person who made weight, like a point maybe. Yeah. But you shouldn't give them the same amount of points as, as, as somebody who wins by decision. Because look what happened, Julia Budd. She lost her fight, but she has the same amount amount of points as two other girls who won who won by the decision. So it just doesn't make sense. And then why are they like? I mean, this is your marquee. I mean, theoretically, this is your marquee matchup for the for the finals. Like, why wouldn't you do? And it, I think they're going on pay per view. So why wouldn't they like? 
do they did they have to make this fight <laughs> like you know did they they have like some sort of algorithm that oh my god too bad oh, i guess we got to do julia Budden and kelly harrison i wanted to do it in the finals but it's got to be here you know i don't i it doesn't make any sense but yeah kind of um yeah and uh yeah and like you said it is the toughest uh, fight that kayla harrison's had at, uh to this point and i mean it's not a gimme um she she had she was competitive with cyborg uh julia bud so um you know and she's a big big time vet i think at one point i think other than this last loss the only people she'd ever lost to were ronda rousey cyborg and uh, amanda nunez i think um so this is uh yeah this is a, a big big fight on july 1st and i'll be watching um and yeah and you, we talked about bone nickel um any other news that you wanted to highlight that's not in your column um uh, yeah it was a quiet week which is always kind of good good and there wasn't much All right. going on going on i can't really think of think of anything nobody nobody did anything stupid this week colby colby covington's still in hiding uh you know so just yeah so um page van zandt fought uh on uh in, on in aw well, i guess that was more than a week ago now um i was looking at a list of um the top uh, i think it was the top 50 google trend uh in wrestling and uh the top two in aw the only two that made the top 50 one of them was paul white and the other one was Paige van zandt <laughs> and uh i think there were like 10 active wwe people in there and then the rest were all like inactive you know like rock and you know hulk hogan and stuff like that steve austin but i just thought that was interesting that Paige van zandt is like the most real life star in aw actually so um all right and we got uh some fight announcements um and, and we we talked about kayla harrison and julia budd uh any other ones here you want to highlight uh, there's a few interesting ones i can see yeah i have listed here for ufc 276 ian gary against gabe green that fight might not actually be happening at least on that date so that remains to be seen but uh yeah that feels like a london sh- london card show yeah no i would or fight but i could see you wanting to do well ian gary lives in florida now so I mean, he's Irish, oh, okay. Okay. Irish. So not. So yeah, London's not necessarily that. That, but uh, but yeah, but uh, that fight is going to happen, but maybe not necessarily UFC two seventy six. But a fight that's going to happen on July sixteenth on the Long Island show. Show that's going to be fun is Shane Burgos against Charles Jourdain. Uh, that should be. Ah. <laughs> I wanted but, that one in France. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe Jordan will still fight in France in Paris. In Paris, who knows? Yeah, he could win and yeah, or lose. What and else? Make we got? a quick turnaround. Uh, uh, then you have uh, another one I'll highlight is uh, August thirteenth. Big big uh, women's flyweight fight: Vivian Araju against Alexa Grasso. Uh, you know, if Grasso can win that, she puts herself in the uh, title picture. Uh, we talked about Whitaker and Vittori already. Not much, you know. A lot of a lot of lower lower card fights, you know, that were really announced over the week. Over the week, nothing major. Leah Letson and Chelsea Chandler is that bantamweight or featherweight? Uh, it's bantamweight, for as far as I know. Oh, okay, because Letson was one of the people that was on the featherweight show, right? Yeah. I think. 
Yeah. Oh, and Vince from Help a Shell fighting uh, one of my favorites, Jesse Ronson. Yeah. That's ways away, though, October yeah, 1st. October 1st. Yeah, we're already, already getting fight announcements for October. So, so you know, expect. That's crazy. Expect a whole lot of a whole lot of things being booked, Four months. being booked, but we got a lot of shows coming um, up for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, all right, and then this week uh, we mentioned uh, the Road to the FC events. Not not as much as usual this week. Uh, we just have two other ones other than those those uh, Road to UFC events. We got a Cage Warrior show from the U.S. Um, so it'll be. Uh, uh, Saturday night because it's or sorry Friday night from San Diego at 8 30 uh, Eastern on USC Fight Pass and of course at the same time we've got an LFA show from Texas also airing on uh, UFC Fight Pass so get some future UFC stars in there so that's uh, just about going to wrap it up um, I don't know if uh, there's anything else you want to uh, talk about before we uh, we we put a wrap on this one no but it's been a quiet week I will say that I think uh Today, June June sixth, you know, if you're you know, a big uh MMA fan fan, it's uh it's been uh six years now since the passing of Kimbo Slice. So just uh Oh. Yeah, so it's uh Kimbo so, died? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I still remember uh covering that his last fight and uh I uh you know against um who the hell was it? Um, the guy, they, where they both like Dada five thousand maybe died during the fight. Dada, Dada five thousand, yeah. I was covering yeah. covering that for the Wrestling Observer, and that I mean, anytime anybody tells you that a fight was bad, I mean, there's there's two different kinds of bad. There's a bad like we had in the um, you know a couple weeks ago there with um, in the uh, strawweight title fight with Esparza and uh, Rose. That's one kind of bad. Then you've got a whole other level of bad with, you know, Kimbo and Dada 5000 where two guys are, you know, they're gassed, you know, 30 seconds into the fight, but it went 15 minutes, I think. I think did somebody get aside? I don't remember. But I where you had guys in mount and and John McCarthy was threatening to stand them up because I think they were falling asleep. Um, I think Dada 5000's heart stopped at one point during the fight. Um, you know, and of course, Kimbo died not that long after. After, um, just, just a, a fight that never should have been sanctioned. And, uh, but Kimbo was a big, big deal for a few years, drew a lot of money in MMA. I mean, really, um, at one point we maybe like one of the top five draws in UFC, would you or in MMA, would you say like, and it's certainly in terms of TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he you was, a, he was a huge deal. I mean, he, you know, we talked about it last week because last week was the anniversary of the of the first ever primetime MMA oh, show right, on right, CBS, yeah. and it was That's Kimbo, that. and it was Kimbo, and Kimbo was the big re- big reason, and he was a huge deal. He was on ESPN, ESPN a whole lot, whole lot, and just you know big on YouTube, and and yeah, he was a big deal, and and just I've also just <laughs> absolutely the nicest, most sweetest dude in the world. Just like like you, you really you would you would look at him, and you'd think he was just this intimidating guy, but he was basically like a huggy bear, just just an incredibly nice and sweet dude. The um, the last time maybe that um, that UF that tough. The Ultimate Fighter was, you know, somewhat relevant was the year he was on, I think season 10. And yeah. they did 6.1 million viewers for the fight with uh, him and Roy Nelson yeah. for a Pretty taped big. fight 
on the ultimate fighter. I mean, imagine that that's like, I mean, literally six times the audience they're doing for, you know, a primetime MMA show now with, you know, big deals. And this is 2009. So, um, that's how big, and that's all Kimbo. I mean, Brock Lesnar was a coach and that helped, but, well, that um, was, you know, that was, it's, it's all Kimbo. that was rampage and Rashad coaching. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Okay. So it was the next year when, was it the next year? I don't know. I don't remember. But um, the other one was um, the, he was uh, he did a pay per view with um, I think with Matt Mitrione, and that did that did uh, you know pretty big numbers. And he was probably the main reason that that show did uh, decent pay per view number. I think it was like five hundred thousand buys for uh, whatever he was. They were like on the main card. Am I am I remembering that right? Yeah, it was a Shogun. I, that's just completely off the top of my head. Yeah, it was a Shogun Machida uh, rematch, and so that was already a big fight, too. So yeah, and they they he they got lucky because he also had that uh, horrible fight with Houston Alexander, which basically bought him a second pay per view fight, <laughs> um, where it was you know kind of a version of the. Um, you know the uh, this the fight we just saw a couple of weeks ago with uh, Shogun and um, who the hell was it? Over in it's just that bad bad fight. Yeah, yeah, it was similar to that where they just kind of danced around for 15 minutes and uh, and they ended up getting a second pay per view fight out of Kimbo before they cut bait with him. But yeah, yeah, some fun memories there. And uh, yeah, the dearly departed Kimbo. And uh, I don't know what's going on with his son. I know he was fighting in Bellator for a while, but he lost a couple times and we haven't seen him in a couple of years. Uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr. But yeah, uh, I don't know. He's getting up. Yeah, but uh, that'll wrap it up. So uh, you can check out Ryan's uh, coverage of this past week's show on on the coming Observer. That'll come out this uh, Friday morning. And, uh, of course, you can check out his coverage of USC 275 on the Wrestling Observer website and also on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I'm usually for pay-per-views. I'm trying to tweet as well. So, yeah, I'll be probably a little more active on Twitter this week than excuse me than I usually am. So as we always say, if you want to interact with us, just be respectful and, and we'll talk back to you. And if you're an asshole, we'll probably block you. So uh, for Ryan, I'm Paul and Ryan, why don't you take us home? Like you always do. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. <laughs>